the minefields. I got a very special guest here, uh, Mr. Gino Alfonso. What's up, brother? Nice to see you again. Thanks for having us back. Absolutely. And, sir, please introduce yourself. Like, look at you. You're so young and pretty. <laughs> uh, my name is uh, Sam Del Santos. Tell me uh, what you got coming up with uh, the hostage here. Like, we, we got your. Are you mean? He is, yes. He is the main main character. Yes, I, I am the, the main character. Cool. Now, before we get started, tell me about all the directors in town that totally suck and we need to bury. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> no. we, would, we would need like a three or four day podcast just to cover half of that list. Just right. to cover half of that. <laughs> all right, but At just, least. But just to keep it PC... Who is in an ethnic or sort of demographic that we can hate on? Really quick to make sure the listeners know that we're on their side. No, I'm just kidding, guys. Come on, smile for me. <laughs> smile for me. No, no, we're we're we're, we're all inclusive here. I just wanted to break the ice with some bullshit. No, it's 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 good. It's uh, I, I was going through the uh, the script. How do you find these, man? Like, uh, you get a lot of these thrown at your doorstep. Um, you know, I've got a couple of people that I kind of collaborate with, very small group. Um, I do a lot of my own stuff as well, and we just kind of weigh through them after a time and just kind of see what what gets the most traction and kind of decide to develop a project that way. Um, my buddy Randy and I that, uh, that co-wrote the script with me and his uh, cousin Tremaine, um, we've had the hostage kind of on our back burner for a while and it was just um just a matter of time before we got it going and uh you know with covid and everything it kind of slowed some things down and last year was supposed to be the year for you know a lot of projects and everything and that that kind of you know we'd planned on more after compatible and as soon as we finished wrapping on that that was when the pandemic hit so that really like slowed a lot of stuff down and we had intended to do it um last year on a bigger budget but right now with like the way things still are it's really hard to get anything funded for micro budgets if you don't have much of a track record or a name or anything like that so we just kind of weighed through our projects and we're like well which ones can we do on a more ultra low budget um, that we can get our name out there and really kind of start spiraling after, you know, COVID is finally back to normal, you know, with productions and right. stuff. And so Hostage kind of came up and it's a very contained urban horror thriller, um, very diverse cast, um, a lot of different people on this movie, different types of people. Um, so I'm really excited to, to really bring that to life with it. Um, I think it's going to be very different from anything that I've done before, for well, sure. Before we get too far into that, like uh, I want to go back to the storytelling part. Uh, where are the goalposts with you, man? Like when it comes to like what's scary and what, what's exciting. Like in, in my mind, uh, the the first thing that sticks out to me in terms of if it's not at least as scary and visually appealing as. Alvin Schwartz and Stephen Gamble's scary stories to tell in the dark. I really don't have any time for it. Um, there, there are certain horror movies that have crossed that line that I didn't expect to like increase those goalposts. Like, uh, like, did you ever see Skin Deep? as uh, a Fangoria flick. Um, that one. Um, I think I missed that one. I heard about it though. Uh, things like that. Well, well that, now you know mine, and then the question, like, uh, what, what are they in your head? For me, it's really like, I look more at the story itself, and if it has horror elements mixed in there, um, anything that, you know, supernatural or even just unnatural, horrific things that happen within the story that heighten the the, the subject matter, the, the tension in the story, that's what makes it scary. So it doesn't even necessarily have to be horror specifically in the the general sense where it's like you know um the exorcist or the shining or you know something like that if it for me if it brings the the story to life and it it heightens that that tension in the story that's more scary to me than anything and i think that's what works with the hostage 
I think I think I get what you're saying because uh, have you ever seen a movie called Funny Games? Yes. Yeah, I saw the uh, original German version and the American. Yeah, that I would have to say that that was not my will well, and that was probably one of the scariest things I've ever seen in my life. I'll never watch that movie again. It's it's a very unsettling film, and uh, that director really really knows how to push those buttons. Um, and I'm having a brain fart on his name. Um, which is really bad of me because I'm really a big fan of his work. Yeah, you, it's been a long time. You really are. I'll, um, I'll look it up while you're talking, man. Keep, keep, like, yeah, if, am I am I correct in the in the vibration I'm talking about when, when it comes to it? Like, there wasn't any slaughtering. There wasn't any like you know true blood and guts or you know someone coming out of the TV type thing. It was uh, purely psychological and. Is that what you're looking for as well? Because I really just want to like get on, get inside your head for just a little bit. Yeah, yeah, that's 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 definitely what we're going for. I mean, it has sort of a Reservoir Dogs setup with a bit of an Evil Dead element that kind of comes through later on in the story, and these characters are just put in this sort of otherworldly situation, but it's a very natural situation that they're put in, and it just becomes this oh shit factor like about page 60 and it just it's all downhill from there like it just it doesn't let up for these guys um and yeah that's that's really what we were kind of going for with this one was just it we didn't want it to the the action and the the blood and stuff you know that's definitely a part of the story but it's more of these characters are put in this tight space and they can't get out of it and they have to figure a way out or kill their way out, basically. Now, how do you present such a story to, to Mr. Young Samuel here? Well, Sam and I have been friends, God, since you were, what, 13, 14? Yeah, yeah. Um, we've worked together. Denver community is pretty tight. Um, Very and, tight. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and we've worked uh, together a few times here and there, and uh, like we've always wanted to make a big film together, and it never really lined up with whatever and now it's like this year kind of like, yeah it's like the stars now the stars have kind of aligned you know i live in different state but you know we make it work <laughs> where are you living now brother yeah. uh, I, li- I currently live in los angeles oh right on man like uh how's wow like i've got a million questions just from that alone um yeah. I-, I hear it's not too good there at the moment um but uh did you just how did you make it here to do the show um, you know, Gino, uh, Gino does a great job of keeping in touch with people. Like he, he really does network and, um, keep, doesn't really burn bridges and, and just keeps relationships. And I think, um, because of that, that's why he's able to get his films made because he has that, uh, that drive, that passion to, to get to know people and to keep in touch with people. And yeah. How did that I mean, like, I, I meant more, more in the sense of, like, just getting it done in the first place to get him from L.A. to, to Colorado, or did he go out there? Because I know he went out there, like, once or twice, right? Yeah, yeah. So, actually, he was getting ready to come out for the fourth um, anyway because his mom is here. Right. Um, and she's, she's been a big supporter of the film as well. So, it just kind of worked out that this next week uh, for the fourth, I was like, well, that'll be the perfect time to film The Hostage because he'll already be coming out right. for it instead of me going out to L.A. and bringing the crew to California to him. He was already coming out, so it kind of worked and worked out in that sense. No, that's awesome, yeah, especially because yeah. things yeah. are a little bit more lax. I mean, like, uh, I haven't had to get on an airplane in a year and a half, but, uh, you know, God bless you and your travel, man. Like, uh, I don't know what you're going to have to go through just getting out of California in general. But the rest of the rest of the country is a little different at the moment. <laughs> yeah, L.A. has been shut down for months. And it's it's now starting to open up like things are getting better. I'm allowed to go into, you know, Starbucks with a ma- uh, without a mask on. You know, I'm allowed to do that now. But, I mean, it's still um, – I still have to wear a mask in my day job, so – <laughs> no, and, and, and I, I get it, man. Like I, I've been hearing that, like, like the homeless have like really overtaken like a lot of like the major parts of the area. Um, yeah, it's there's definitely since COVID, there's been a lot more. Um, I call them tent cities. Um, 
like more active, I should say, like there's more of them. Um, COVID really hit uh, Los Angeles hard, you know, it was, uh, it was affected really quickly and then a lot of things shut down and it stayed shut down for a really long period of time. So a lot of people uh, struggled out here. Yeah, and it, it, uh, I imagine it's not just ignoring the one guy on the corner that, you know, has a sign at the red light. Uh, it's probably a lot lot worse than that. Yeah, yeah. You Some some places there are well, – I mean, there's always been pockets of Los Angeles even before COVID that there were, you right. know. Yeah. Homeless yeah. People. I mean, it, it's not – it wasn't an uncommon thing before. I mean, even in Denver, you see homeless people all the time. But oh, yeah. definitely oh, yeah. now, and definitely now more than ever in this – perilous pandemic uh there are more definitely more homeless people but i mean you live everybody's they're all just people at the end of the day right agreed and, and, and what, what i'm getting at is like how, how does it affect you as a person being surrounded by more and more of it i mean like like, like i said it's, it's easy to ignore just the one guy at the one red light but being i mean honestly you want to it makes me want to help like it makes me want to <laughs> go out and, and and help you know Every time I see it, I, I make me want to reach down and I try to I try to help. You know, you try to you walk yeah. by, you see it. There's a, there's a few people that I pass every day that are just they're constantly they they live in a certain place. And when I pass them every day, I'm like, no, no. Sometimes you got to stop and help that person, especially if they're in your community. You know, makes you just want to help a generous person. No, no, and I can I can tell from <laughs> your smile. Here, few there, yeah. No, and, and uh, I'm sorry, you know, I'm getting a little off course when it comes to just life in general as opposed to where we're going to talk about a movie, but we have to talk about a lot of different things in order to get to the heart and, and soul of what it, what it comes to, like, make a horror movie because, uh, man, like, I feel guilty as shit. I go to the comic store, I spend $100 on a bunch of, like, just, you know, pressed paper, right. and, and then I see what's going on, but then am I a person? Am I okay? Uh, should I be doing this? But at the same time, I... I'm feeling my art, mm-hmm. and that's really all I, 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 I can really say I can do. I mean, yeah, I could quit everything and join a crusade and sell all my shit and help the homeless, but uh, we've got art to make, and the art that I make is kind of similar in the, the different vibration, but vibrating at a, a similar frequency as what you guys are doing. And it's something I really just kind of put the nose to the grindstone to. And now you guys are about to really kick some ass and, and film. You know, I really don't like hearing that word low budget. That means like, no, it's like, it's either good or it's not, you know? <laughs> definitely, yeah. man, definitely. Yeah. You could put a movie yeah. with that. I mean, even, even for my last film, Harvest, I mean, we had we had very, very minimal budget. But the, the, the crew just, I mean, rocked it. I mean, it looks like we had way more than we did on the budget on it it looks fantastic no i mean just look at this isn't a horror movie but just look at you know the original star wars movie you know george right. lucas made that movie with very little money and it changed the whole fucking game so i agree i think if the, the original budget was like three and a half million and it ballooned up to like six million or something like it was under 10 million like before like everything and i think final budget was like 13 million but for like 1977, like that wasn't that big of a budget for a sci-fi movie, like at right. all. And everyone thought that was gonna be like a really cheesy kids movie, and nobody like wanted to even see it. They were like, "I'm embarrassed to be a part of it." So like, you never know, like yeah. what it's gonna look like. You just gotta trust the the filmmakers, you know, vision and and hope that it becomes something you know, as phenomenal as that became. Agreed. You know. Definitely. You, you, gotta, you gotta bet on yourself. And, and, and forgive me if I, I keep saying horror movie, I just, I don't, I don't mean to sound ignorant, but like at the same time though, like I kind of, like when it comes to movies, like I classify things in certain ways. How would, Sam, how would, uh, and, and before, uh, do you prefer Sam or Samuel? Uh, Sam. Sam, Sam, uh, how, how would you classify the movie? I mean, like when you finished reading the script the first time, like I, uh, what was going through your head? I mean, how did you feel about it? Um, I definitely think this classifies as a horror movie, but it's it's so much more than that. Um, it, it has it has a little bit of everything, um, and that's why I think it, it works so well. It kind of it, it kind of crosses this line of like 
almost a, a coming of age film. You know, these guys that they, they grew up poor and like all they want to do is like get out and make money and have nice things, luxurious things. And so they think they're going to take it to the next level, you know? Right. Um, so I, while it is a horror movie, it has like other charming qualities of it that even if, you know, maybe horror is not your cup of tea, this movie's still going to be a fun watch. Right. Now, when, when you got the script, was it like, did, did you get that feeling like, hell yeah, I'm going to be the part of this no matter what? Or, or because it was just, it, it, it sounded so fun, like if like Quentin Tarantino asked you to be in anything, or, <laughs> or, or did you read it and as an actor, as someone looking to hone your craft, like, wow, this, this is going to be a real challenge, I can really do this, I really want to step up to the game. What was going through your head? Um, yeah, I mean, obviously, like, I'm very grateful for the opportunity, first and foremost. Of course. You know? uh, because, and, but also, I think um, this is the first time I've ever played a role where the guy actually, well, actually, you know what? I'm not going to reveal that part. Um, <laughs> this is the first time, uh, there's, there's certain things about this film um, that I feel like I can use to better my future role that especially with the demographic in, in I will play maybe a similar role in the future so I think for me it's like oh I have this opportunity to really show my what I can do bring it up to the table because I have so there's a lot I have a lot of the dialogue in the film um, a lot of the action sequences and I feel like this is a great opportunity not only to show off what I can do but even better to learn um, which is the most important thing for sure. Yeah, no, it's, it's a very dialogue-heavy um, piece, that's for sure. I mean, we're next week or so, we're really going to be working on the script and kind of, you know, making sure everyone's, like, got that chemistry going because it's, it's got to have that, like, very natural feel about it when, it when it first starts. I mean, it starts off with a horror element, but then it breaks into the, the more uh, dramatic crime drama stuff and then you get the horror again so like when we're mixed in the the non-horror stuff we want to make the audience invested in these two characters and what they're going through and i think that's for for any actor new or you know even somebody that's you know seasoned as like robert lasardo who's gonna be on the film you know i think just that alone and i think that's why he likes the script as much as he does as well is because it's such a a different type of character for him as well as for you that you guys can really sink your teeth into um you know no pun intended for a horror film right <laughs> um, you know um but yeah for like everyone that's read it it's it's really been that that same kind of reaction is just that it's it's really a very character driven um horror film which you don't get a lot of because most just really like go into yeah. the horror element and you start yeah, people off the the ensemble cast is definitely one of the, my favorite things about this film. And like you were kind of touching on it earlier, Gino, when you were saying, you know, there's so many different types of people and characters, and it's it's such a diverse cast. Like, it's it's a very interesting uh, mix mixing pot of of personalities and character types. Now, yeah, Sam, definitely. Sam, are you are you, you said that Denver's pretty tight? Like, uh, how old do you know the the, the crew so far and all all your fellow actors? Um, actually, I guess I'm tapped out because I don't, I haven't really met anybody yet. Cause I am, you know, off location, but yeah. uh, I did the Denver scene for, for, you know, a long time when I was, you know, middle school, high school. And, um, I've, I've met a lot of different people and, and worked for a lot of different companies and, um, have, have done a lot of little things here and there around town and, uh, all I know is that I've, as as I've moved out here in my nice LA apartment, and I, I meet other people who will come from Denver, we all stick together out here. It's like we're all we're, we've moved to LA, but I'm still I live with another Denver actor. I hang out with other Denver actors, so it's like the Denver community is is really tight. I think we're all very talented, and we know this, so we kind of like stick together. And I think it's very important. It's very important. It 100% is, and I mean, at the very least, at least you know how to behave yourself when you get here, because there's a, 
a certain way to you know keep yourself uh, uh, within boundaries here in Denver because you can go pretty crazy here pretty good and fast. But especially <laughs> especially hanging with Mr. Gino here, about to make a, a kick-ass yeah. movie. Um, yeah. All right. So we talked about finding the script, talking about writing the script, talking about we're about you guys are about to start shooting it. What are some of your favorite things that you just can't wait to to get to? I mean, like you know, without giving any spoilers away. Well, we've been we've been working a lot on a lot of the uh, the stunts with the uh, stunt double team. Um, that's definitely going to be a first for me. Um, we had a little bit of it on the last film, but not like as much as this this film. Um, almost every character has a stunt double for specific scenes, so that's that's going to be exciting to do. I think um, just it's a whole different aspect that kind of brings the project up to a whole other level. And I have an amazing stunt coordinator. His name is Eddie Portuguese. And this will be the third film I've done with him. He helped on Harvest and he helped on my short film, uh, Fresh Cola, which was all kids um, under the age of 15. Um, so that was, that was interesting. But we didn't have doubles for the kids. All the kids did their own stunts, but he worked with them. So this is really kind of a new arena for me. We have a, a minor like car chase, car crash scene, which I think is going to be really fun. Um, only thing we don't have is is explosions, but that'll probably be the next movie. Um, but you, you know, there's there's little bits. Of everything I'm really excited about. Um, but really, it's it's seeing the the actors having fun with the the roles and and just really building that chemistry with being in such a tight space i think the other guy that one of the other guys that does minefields with me uh colin my best friend he uh does movie production in oklahoma city and throughout covid because uh, they were working on a i guess a cat's out of the bag right now but they're working on that ronald reagan film with uh des quaid and he was telling me like how much of an absolute bastard it was like like would they had to work in cells like in terms of like these eight people are only around each other so if one of those eight people gets sick they only have to quarantine those eight people because only those eight people work together and and vice versa but it happened a couple of times because there was irresponsibility involved um and you know they, there was a time i think he was locked in a hotel for like three weeks and um he, these are lightning obviously but are any of those restraints still in place especially here in denver not as much i mean i'm very cautious when i when i've been starting a production i make sure everyone sends a, a form saying that they've tested negative for covid and have at least had one, if not both, um, COVID vaccinations, um, anyone coming into town, you know, definitely quarantine for a bit and make sure that they're, you know, good to go. Um, we have thermometers on set, um, stuff like that. So, I, I mean, even being super independent, I still take the precautions um, on the set to make sure that everyone is, is safe and healthy before we even shoot especially because we're in such a contained um space most of the movie it's you know we've got to make sure that everyone's up to par on that um for sure that's that's what i wanted to hear man i'm, I'm glad to hear that and I, I really wanted to make sure that our listeners heard that as well that you're you're taking those sort of precautions that you care about that sort of thing to, to take it as far as you can within a reasonable basis I mean, if you were a millionaire, I mean, yeah, you could test everyone every other hour, but that's so pointless. Yeah. Uh, but uh, having that that tight crew, having that that Denver community wanting to make something good, without you know, I imagine that if someone is not feeling too good, you're gonna hear about it pretty quick. You're probably you're probably gonna get a really crying phone call at three in the morning, like yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Uh, more more yeah, than a couple of times, true. but I'm looking forward to you getting those calls. I mean, I, I hope. Obviously, I know you're going to have some contingency plans, but I, but I I'm I'm looking forward to that for you because at least if you when you get those phone calls, you're going to know that the they're not just invested, but absolutely invested in the people, crew, the project, um, the the trust as a leader 
as a director that, you know, hey, if there's a problem, we got to let them know ASAP. I got to call them. It might be three in the morning. Gino's probably up anyway, but. Uh. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm usually up at ungodly hours. Like, I think I sleep maybe four <laughs> hours a night on a good night before production. Um, during a production is even worse. I'm, I'm, I, like, don't sleep at all. I'm just wired on caffeine and the the energy from the project. Like, it's just when you. Filmmakers die. Yep, exactly. When you when you get moving and you get in that flow, it's like it's just like watching like a bunch of Fast and the Furious movies like in a row, and you just got that like, <laughs> or something, you know. And it just it it feels that way, and especially when you realize you have something good. Like the first two days on Harvest, working with uh, Vernon Wells was. I mean, I couldn't have asked for a better first day working with the guy that like almost killed Schwarzenegger and Commando like that was super cool <laughs> like he was just a super laid back chill guy you know got to know him the day before we filmed so like by the time I worked with him he was easy to work with and direct he wasn't you know an actor with an ego you know which was really refreshing um somebody who's worked with like everybody in the business um that was really nice and so you know it's it's nice to be able to work with the bigger names who don't have those egos and then also work with up and coming talent, you know, to kind of see where they're going to go with that and stuff. But you know, you got something good when you have that first day or first two days. So I try to set usually the first day or two, some stuff that really gets the actors and the crew excited about the film. Um, so that, the rest of the production everyone's like having a good time like oh yeah that first day like that shot was amazing like they'll they'll remember back to that that moment or something like on the the second or third day be like oh yeah this is why i'm doing this movie um but yeah no i'm i'm excited for a lot of things on it no i would be too before we get too far um you you totally forgot your roots you're talking about this like caffeine diet no dude that's goth lunch and breakfast, brother. It's a couple of cigarettes <laughs> and black coffee, man. You say yep. it, call it as it is, man. I still love <laughs> off that. Um, yep. <laughs> and and I, I dig the vibration you're coming with. It, like, it's got, you know, I feel like after, after COVID, we have such an opportunity to rewrite a, a lot of different narratives. For one, this isn't a small-time production. Hmm. Small-time production is what you call it in your head. So let's just stop calling it like, okay, like if it's 1980, yeah, okay, fine. You can, it's not, you know, you're not Gordon Gecko. Okay, we get it. But when it, now we've had the chance to, we were locked up for a while. We had a lot of time to read. We had a lot, a lot of time to introspect, go crazy, uh, all of the above. But I, I really want your production to rewrite the, a narrative in terms of like, yeah, we're in Denver. Yeah, we don't have that much money. Yeah, we've got a lot of up-and-coming people here, but, like, they're not up-and-coming people. In my mind, they're already fucking established. Yep. Like, okay, we might have a small budget, but that's all we fucking need, so we don't even need to talk about the budget. Let's not even do that anymore. We're making a goddamn film. Like, are you either on or you off? Because if you're not, then you can go over there because all our crew over here is ready to make art. Yep. And, and... I, I I get that feeling from you, ever since we first met, uh, yeah. and it I I really want that sort of thing to happen with this movie here. And lo I love the smile on your face. You're you're digging it. I dig it. Uh, <laughs> it, it is in L. A. Is is it still that sort of bullshit like phoniness type thing, or are people starting to change? Um, could you clarify? Well, when it comes to whether or not you're working on a big-budget film or a low-budget film or an art-house film, uh, is, is it getting to the point where people are more and more getting more respectful and, and taking the chance to not just, like, pigeonhole things like that? Or I, I think the biggest thing in our industry, and I think you know, you know this as well, is, like, when you're being looked at for a role or a position, right, by an executive head or, you know, a producer of of let's say whatever, maybe Netflix, right? Um, you know, the first thing they're gonna look at is what was the last film you did? 
what was the last thing that you made? Mm -hmm. You know, that because that's what they're going to go look at. You know, if, they, if they're trying to hire you for whatever thing you made. So personally, knowing that, whatever I fucking do, I'll try to make it the best thing I possibly can and give it my 100% because the next person that's going to come along is going to probably see that. And if I it looked like crap, then, you know, that's, right. I'm, I might not my next job. So for me, I think um, I think the, the stigma is still there. But I think, um, unfortunately, like as entertainers in this industry, that's kind of how it is. You know what I mean? And, and it's shitty. It's shitty. But it, it's kind of how it is, because if you don't do if your last project wasn't good, then you might not get hired for your next one. Right, but but what you're focusing on right now is evolution. Like, okay, I did something like this. Now I'm I'm proud enough of it for this next film. I'm like I hope this like shows you how I can just take it to a next step. Well, like like we can sidestep the the whatever it is that people don't really enjoy about Hollywood and say no. You know what? I'm just gonna say this is what I did, and now I'm pr I'm so proud of it. I, I can bring this to the table here. And Gino does the same thing with all with all his ex movies as well. Like um, I don't know. I'm just trying to be as positive as possible on this one, man. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. No, I I think uh, with each film that I've done since Compatible, it's just gotten bigger and better. Again, like you said, not focusing on the budget, but like even even that, like I've been able to show what I could do with X amount of dollars on certain movies so now that i've got this will be my third feature since compatible after these hopefully the investors will be coming to me instead of me going to look for the investors you know once once these are all out there and people are seeing them and getting excited about you know the past work but each film has gotten bigger and better um just with the the collaboration process and the the talent and um you know, I couldn't ask for, for a better group of people to work with, and I add more people onto each film and work with a lot of the, you know, same people, and, you know, that's kind of what makes it that, that community and, you know, builds that rapport for, for each upcoming project. Like, you know, you, you hear, oh, yeah, we had a great time on the last one. We're really excited for this film. Can't wait for the next one. You know, we get that, that momentum going, and I think I finally built that community of... Um, filmmakers and actors together that you know are ready and willing to to come on to whatever i've got going next you know and plan to work with a lot of the same people for the next several years i really wanted um, like i really wanted to hear that i, I wanted to hear that like well, I'm, I'm gonna i'm gonna succeed and i'm gonna take all my fucking friends with me and no one's gonna stop me nope. exactly nope. you got to you got to I mean, yeah, like I said, Sam and I have, I've known him for over almost 10 years. Something like that now. It's getting close. I mean, it's getting close to 10 years. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, and, I mean, we, I think, um, and I've been told since the very beginning entering this industry, it's all about connections. You know, the last film I booked before Gino's film I got because I knew somebody who knew somebody like it happens that's you know that and if you all work together together you have the you, you create opportunities for yourself you know uh, we were getting thousands of downloads just on our uh comic book podcast and interviewing actors like alone just on a grassroots level but then i met gino and he immediately contacted me about this as soon as like I was one of the first people to hear from what he's told me so far uh, to make sure to help promote the movie because we had such a good time recording the last time and we have a good rapport off screen as well um, yeah. consider him a friend and but in terms of professional wise um, I had a right after you and I recorded I had a uh, opportunity to interview a up-and-coming wrestler and her name is Abaddon and this girl was skittish, well, woman, uh, forgive me, uh, she was skittish, like, she's, like, her character was nothing that's been seen before, and she made it on All Elite Wrestling uh, on a dark match. Contacted mm. her up, and she, I was like, hey, now that you're elite, you gotta be on the show. And she's like, I don't know, I don't know, I've never done a podcast, and 
I was like, no, I get it, I get it. Like, uh, listen, I've, I've interviewed, uh, and you, I've interviewed Vince Vaughn before. I've interviewed this person. I've interviewed Deftones. Like, how can I make you comfortable? And she's like, I, I don't, I don't know. Like, I just never done a podcast. Like, look, you know what? I'm gonna go ahead and book this place to interview where we where we talked. Bring your boyfriend, and uh, Gino helped me book the place that we we recorded at, and. Uh, she's like, you know, okay, that sounds good. Like, we made us, he, Gino helped me make a safe spot. Now, this girl ends up being one of the hottest things in wrestling since, <laughs> since early March last year. And uh, we can have slow weeks, we can have fast weeks. But no matter what, I always get 900 to 10,000 downloads of Abaddon's interview that I never would have gotten in more and more followers because you because you helped me set that safe spot up man i like i never would have had a, a like like it, she's like what is the place it's a comic store record store coffee shop yeah it's called a uh, the mutiny cafe and yep. they have like um you know books they have like little video games set up with like old classic pinball machines yeah yeah and, um you know it's it's a really cool place uh jim is one of the owners and um yeah, they they've been sort of my go-to place in Colorado. They're a locally owned business, and he needs he's a shit. really, yeah, he's just really supportive of the arts and and helping people out. He's kind of been my go-to location for a lot of projects. I'll, I've filmed like three or four movies there, mm-hmm. and uh, anytime I'm like, I need a bookstore location or like, you know, even like a restaurant type area, like he's always the first one to say, yeah, come and use our spot. Um, so yeah, Mutiny Cafe is is really a a, a chill place. Shout out sure. to Mutiny. Shout out to Mutiny. And and Sam, the reason I brought it up was because uh, Gina believed in me for like five minutes, and then we sat down and like we we went back and forth. We had a great. Uh, I wouldn't even want to call it an interview. It was just a wonderful conversation. It was just a conversation that we just happened to record. Yeah, <laughs> it, it, exactly. And we got great feedback from that. And I'm sure that you know that he delivers, uh, but I just wanted to tell you my own personal experience with, with Gino because you've been so open with me so far, and I, I really appreciate it. Now, tell me all the spoilers of the movie. No, I'm just kidding. Um, uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, no uh, but, but I do want, I, I want to hear from you guys, if you guys, uh, if, uh, from either of you guys, if whoever wants to go first, uh, a good synopsis of if you were going to... I don't know if you just want to do uh, like a two spot, like if you're gonna describe the movie to a horror aficionado, uh, Gino or, and Sam. If you're gonna describe the movie to someone that you think might enjoy it, that might not know that much about horror and is gonna be challenged by such a such an art project. I'm gonna I'm gonna let you take that one, Sam. Since when we uh, really get to promoting the film, the focus is really gonna be more on on you guys, the actors, um, and the people behind the scenes, because they're going to be seeing the trailer and all that. So um, I want you to kind of take the reins and get the practice on that one. Do you want him to go full-blown political, so no racial slurs? I'm just kidding. Uh, no, 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 just, uh, I'm, 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 I appreciate you just letting me joke with you guys. Uh, yeah. Are you looking for a political response? Like, if he's talking to, like, John Cena, who could never, like, rub anyone the wrong way, or are you, or are you looking for him to challenge himself here? Hey, I know John Cena's stunt double, so... Or stand-in stunt double. I'm not quite sure what he does. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I would say this movie... Is, is kind of what I was saying earlier. It's like, it's a horror film, but it has a splash of everything and about these two guys they get hustled out of some money and um they 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 do the wrong thing they want some revenge and it definitely goes off the rails way farther than it should have gone and (laughs) they they pay the price (laughs) um so if you're if you're interested it is definitely going to be worth the watch. Now, are you one of the hustlers as one of the main characters, or are you one of the hustlees? I definitely got hustled. Definitely got hustled. <laughs> he tries to hustle, but he ends up getting hustled. Yeah. Yeah. 
So this 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 uh, definitely not a three card Monty here. This is uh this is the big boy shit. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, I, exactly. I can dig it, man. Like, what, or what what are some of the things that you can tell me that you're looking forward to filming without giving us any spoilers? Uh, anything that you've read in the script that you already like worried about or can't wait to give your shine to it? Um. Gino was kind of talking about um, there's a car chase scene that um, I'm going to be a part of that I think is going to be a lot of fun. Uh, I've never done – this is the first movie where I've done a lot of stunts. Like I've, I've done stunts here or there. I've taken a class here or there, but I've never really like like had a stunt double like this, never really – so like for me, this is like a cool learning experience. Like, oh, I'm going to get to – some cool 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 stunts in this film because there's a lot of a there's some action and some other things it, it's i definitely need a stunt double so and it's, it's not really something i've done before as an actor so i can't really i'm really excited to, to get the canvas out and start painting are you worried about feeling guilty about having someone else do your stunts being at one of the first times uh, fuck no <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. We don't want to break his legs before he goes back to L.A. That really ruin the next job. Okay. No, that'll, that'll be the next time we film in Detroit, right? Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I would like to. I was um, I'm a, I was an acrobat as a kid, so like it would be definitely cool to eventually get to a point where I could do all my own stunts. But you know, not quite yet. I want to see how it works first. You've got you've got the jawline. Just don't be porcelain. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so uh, synopsis. We've talked about where we're filming. Uh, I want to have a little more fun with you guys. Um, it's still the uh, tail end of June here. We've got uh, Gay Pride Month. We've got LGBTQ Month here. We've got All Inclusive Month here. Mr. Gino, you are a shining example of uh, such a such a just a person being a person, not giving a shit, but still representing a lot of different things here. Uh, how is this? How does the month mean to you? Do, do you even give a shit? Oh yeah, of course. I mean, I a lot of the films that I made before the features have been LGBT films um, dealing with gay, lesbian, bisexual, transgender, um, questioning youth. Um, I mean, a lot of my films have hit on a lot of different subjects in the LGBT community. Um, I'm an openly gay um, filmmaker myself, so. And I've been married to my husband for 10 years. Um, this is our 10-year anniversary this year. Awesome. Um, so, you know, we, we really try to support as much as we can. And um, didn't have time for Pride this weekend. It's been so busy. But um, I know a lot of uh, young people that I've worked with in the past were at Pride, and they were taking photos. And it was, it was good to see them out and about and excited. A lot of people were disappointed last year when they couldn't do Pride, and it definitely – hit a chord with a lot of people that they couldn't because of, of COVID. And this year I saw a lot of really happy faces that, you know, without pride, I couldn't be who I am. So, right. you know, that, that was really good to see that opening up again. We have a lot of um, people in the community on, on the film. So, you know, we're, you know, we're not, um, what's the word I'm looking for? We don't, we don't exclude. Um, at all um and so you know we try to make all the films as much of a safe spot uh for anyone involved there's no discrimination there's no um you know i don't like any any drama or anything on set if anyone has an issue with somebody like i don't i don't i don't do that on my sets i don't like to have that on that with my with my cast and crew there was um, a it's just not what i put up with no, absolutely not. I mean, it's it's intolerable. But like, I I, I want to bring up a question here that I've I've brought up many times on the podcast when we're reviewing comic books. And uh, Sam, please chime in any time that you that you feel passionate about anything that we're talking about. Is that I, I really I really hate when I encounter a a book or a movie, and I I like because I'm a member of the community myself. Um, and the thing is, I feel. When they, like, for example, when all of a sudden, like, I don't know, I want to say it was going to be like eight years ago, all of a sudden, Iceman from the X-Men was gay. 
I'm like, what the fuck, man? Like, like he's never been gay. Out of the blue. Just, just out yeah. of the blue. Um, or, or there, or, or like, and I, I love Brian. A lot of Brian Michael Bendis's work that he's done in comic books. But I feel like he's like the the champion for pandering, and like like I feel like the 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 powers that be that get together in the 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 kitchen that have no business being creative types that are the business types are like you know what we need a black lesbian uh, transgender yeah. person to be Iron Man. He's like, I got you, man. We're gonna make this. Uh, we're gonna make a, a teenage Iron Woman. Like it's gonna be great. Okay. Um, Okay, so what, like, if I was a member of the black community and all of a sudden there's a black teenage iron woman, I'm supposed to give a shit? Um, like, I feel, like, I would feel, and I do feel a lot of times when they do shit like that, that I'm being talked down to, and that I'm going to be stupid enough to purchase something that has no real merit to it. I mean, if there's, if the heart is behind it and the story calls for this character fine like I, i'm totally fine i don't give a shit about it like like I, I want i want more and more of that i want great intuitive uh natural storytelling not like hey sam uh guess what listen um we had some notes from the uh upper ups and uh your character's now gay and um you're gonna be like uh hold on a second here man like the story isn't like that yeah but the 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 market groups that were reviewing it like like I think they really like gay people so you're gay now um, I, I I I think that's bullshit I, I, am I wrong and in, in if I'm being ignorant I'm asking you my and I'm telling you my opinion so if I'm being ignorant about something that you can help me understand um I don't think I don't think it's wrong at all I think um anything done like that's moves like that are just to make money and um yeah generally when you only care about money it shows in the art thank you do you know do, and, so yeah no i mean <laughs> we're all here to make money make no mistake we're all here to make money no, but we, we all want to make money but i mean an, honor, the, an, an honorable way. Yes, yeah. exactly. And I think um, that, sh that shit is definitely not honorable at all. Do you know, do especially you know, for the community. Especially for the community. It, it, and, yeah. But that's that's just one man's opinion. And I'm asking you as a filmmaker, because like, people haven't seen the books that I've made yet. Uh, people have heard mm -hmm. uh, like a lot of my, um, who I focused on in interviews and when I was working for different other publications as opposed to working for myself, but I don't have a leash anymore. And I'm bringing it up because of how uh, proud you are of who you are and how it reflects in your art. If my opinion is ignorant or if I need to fix something or I don't know, maybe I'm right. I'm hoping I'm right. No, I mean, I, I think everyone's opinion is definitely valid. It's just everyone has a different viewpoint, but I, I'm kind of, with both you and Sam, where it's like, if it has a basis for the story, then yes, yes, have it in there. But like for the, for example, J.K. Rowling saying after so many years, like you had said, like with Dumbledore, oh yeah, he's gay. Yeah, that was one of the biggest things, and then all of her transphobic comments and stuff. Like all of a sudden, like she's not good with the community and stuff, and like there's like all this like backlash and stuff. It's like if it's a part like. Harry Potter's Harry Potter. Leave it alone. Yeah. Like, we don't need to, like, Harry Potter and Ron don't need to be hooking up. Hermione and, you know, McGonagall don't need to be having some twisted affair with Snape or something. I yeah, don't know whatever yeah, they, yeah, they yeah. create for this day and age. You know, it doesn't need to be that way. Like, when I do LGBT stories, they're specifically those types of stories. They're not X-Men infused with all gay characters and Wolverine and Beast just going at it in the woods. You know, like, it's not for the sake of exploitation for the gay community, just because. You know, um, so, I, yeah, I, I definitely agree that it's definitely a, a big part of just making money, and I think that's bullshit. Um, and when they want to do, like, a reboot just for the sake of making it more 
modern or hip or to make a statement. Yes, yes. You know, that that kind of pisses me off. It's like, why mess with, like, what, if we're going to reboot Jaws, is the shark going to be gay, too? Like, I mean, yeah. what? Yeah. What are we? What, what, what are we stooping to? Or is it gonna be a female shark now? Is it gonna be like? Give him a skateboard. Female. I don't know, man. I kind of want to see that movie. Gay, gay Jaws. Gay okay. Jaws. You know. I mean. <laughs> that now 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 done on the right frequency as a joke that would be hilarious. Like I mean, we've all seen Sharknado. Uh, I mean, if all the yeah, sharks, exactly. if all the sharks were gay, just cause. I mean, like, yeah, fuck it, man. That's the whole point of the movie. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, after we promote this Indiegogo campaign, let's get a tally of how many people would want to see that, and I'll make that my next film. Just gay jaws. <laughs> like, I'll make that my next film. <laughs> gay jaws. That. Oh, that, you know what? My big brother would be so proud to hear that, man. He, he he's like, as long as the as long as his dick is like this big yeah <laughs> yeah no but I, I i appreciate you guys opening up and, and ensuring me on, on such a uh god i don't want to say hot topic but let's say uh, it's not too hot for tv it's 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 you know everyone's got their opinion if you say the wrong goddamn thing are you are you woke enough are you are you yeah cancel culture I mean, who is woke who is woke enough i mean it changes with the, as quickly as, you know, camera equipment on a set. Yeah. Like, what woke is. I yeah. mean, it, and honestly, I think that's the stupidest term that anyone could have possibly came up Like, really? Yeah. <laughs> like, who came up with that one? Like, for real. Like, um, we're butchering people here, man. We don't care about rights, about nothing. <laughs> we're, we're, we're cutting people in half. <laughs> I'm like South Park. You make fun of everyone. Equally. Thank yeah. you. Thank you. Thank you. That's, they, they have my favorite take on it. If you either make fun of everything, or you make fun of nothing. It's either all, all of the above and don't do it. Yep. And uh, somehow they, they've gotten away with uh, some a shit. Lot of stuff. A lot of stuff. <laughs> a lot of stuff, oh, man. <laughs> it's worse as, as it keeps going. It's just the, the more... Now that they can just go straight to HBO Max, there's like, oh no yeah, limits or wherever they're gonna be because the streaming services is censorship is like completely, completely off the different. Rails, so they could just do anything now. They, they... South Park. Go ahead. No, you go ahead, man. You go ahead. Um, I was just to say that, like, especially being from Colorado, being from Denver, um, I'm from Aurora myself specifically, and like, just like there are so many things in South Park. That like only you get if you're from Denver. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. It's definitely it's got that it's... very like Colorado sense of humor and it's like, oh boy, like people in California or, you know, New York or wherever watching it, like be like, huh? Like, right? make, yeah. like exactly. so like Exactly. I mean like the whole Casa Bonita episode, like unless Yes, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Exactly. You don't really know what Casa Bonita is. Like and then <laughs> I've I've never had worse food in my life. <laughs> oh, and I haven't I haven't been in like 25 years, so I can only imagine it's gotten to the bottom of the barrel. Uh, like we, my sister wanted to go there for her like 28th birthday, and uh, I'll I'll I've had some bad cafeteria food before, but I had probably about 100 sopapillas, and like, <laughs> and that was it. Uh, like it, like. I, dig, I digress, though, guys. Uh, the, the, I, I really regret not inviting you to the show last night. I didn't even think to because it's been such a whirlwind. Um, I was doing um, portrait photography for the wrestlers over at Primo's Pro Wrestling last night and uh, filming uh, a couple of the matches because we do. Uh, we're, we started this. Well, yeah, because I haven't, seen, I, haven't, I haven't put it out yet, but we do Minefields After Dark now where we, when we go on wrestling trips, we film everything. We go to comic stores, we uh, have a list of things we're looking for, good, bad things about the comic stores, but then we go to this, we, we film backstage stuff, as much kayfabe as we can. Uh, uh, kayfabe is a wrestling term for uh, like keeping it as fake as possible, like, like you don't break character. Uh, we, we push kayfabe as far as we can. Uh, there have been things I've had to interview, uh, well, not interview, uh, to cut out of things because I was filming backstage and didn't know that one of the guys backstage was a luchador and he had his mask off. 
and um, that needed to go. Like like that 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 can be a big thing. But last night was the Omega Nine Women's Championship. Um, there there was nine women in the championship tournament, and four of them were not born female. Hmm. Now, did that matter? Fuck no. Were they the biggest sweethearts in the world? Absolutely. Man, I had such a great time working with them. But, like, the, the amount of inclusivity of, of when, when it came to it, it wasn't like, did you know that, uh, that uh, that's not really a... No, that didn't fucking happen. Um, it was, hey, honey, how you doing? Uh, we got, you know, we got, you know, I didn't say honey, you know, but you get what I'm saying. <laughs> like, you know, like, hey, like, you know, I, I'm, I'm this, hey, nice to meet you. Give me a hug. Give him a kiss and shake. Like, we, I'm, I'm doing photos. Uh, you look beautiful. Now let's let's let pose like this and like and I loved watching the new people that were part of that tournament see how our locker room culture is. Like, wait a minute, I'm welcome here. No one gives a shit. Like, like uh, man, I would I really wish you could have seen how wonderful it was backstage yesterday, mm-hmm. man. It it was it, everyone just wanted to make good art, good wrestling. Good backstage stuff. I mean, they, they, the second, because they've known me for a while, the second they see me, if I've got a camera in front of my face, like, be on. And, um, yeah, I mean, next time that happens, I'm going to, I'm going to bring you, I'm going to bring you, because I think you're really going to enjoy it. Um, yeah, that'd be cool. But that's, that's all I got for, for everything so far, man. Like, we've, we've talked about the movie, we've talked about goods, bads, pros. Uh, Sam, like, uh, we really don't know that much about yourself. I mean, I get it, you're from Denver, uh, you're you're living in LA. You've got your own apartment. Uh, you've been there for a while. You're kicking ass. Come to see home to see mom, and just you're home to see mom slash make a movie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, you you talk about like you know the last thing you did is what they they look at like. But what do you want our listeners to know about you, man? Like, what's some of the best things about you? You've got a great aura. Uh, uh. Appreciate that. Um, you know, I'm uh, kind of like you said. I'm just a guy from Denver, rural Colorado. Uh, grew up doing gymnastics and um, fell in love with filmmaking. And now, um, this is this is what I do. You looking to climb the ladder? Start as a actor to director to producer? Yeah, I definitely. Um, I think for me, it's it's. I love acting. It's, it's my favorite storytelling, but uh, I, I definitely would love to dabble eventually in directing and, and writing. I think um, creating worlds is like one of the coolest things Agreed. you can do as an artist. What are some of the movies that you really enjoy that you find challenging to present to other people because they might not get it? Um, ooh, that's a good question. Um, no, I think, um, I hate when people look, I, I look at me crazy when I say, um, or when I hate when people look at me crazy, when well, not when they look at me crazy, I hate when people don't know, like, haven't seen the original Star Wars trilogy or like, you know, the original Alien movies, like, um, I think those movies really define the way we tell stories and, um, make movies nowadays if you haven't seen those get with it <laughs> yeah. especially if you're going into like the horror the sci-fi genre especially like movies yeah. that really created the the basis for what special effects can do exactly originated from like aliens like i mean or alien and then aliens mm-hmm. really were the, the starters for a lot of what sci-fi horror be became nowadays and what what cg does and um like even uh not really like horror but i mean like willow like being the first movie that did uh uh morphing in 1988 that was the very first movie to do morphing and they had no idea what the hell they were doing they had to they had to figure it out and it was like the start of ilm you know yeah yeah i was um and I mean, to get to that morphing point, I mean, they had to do movies like The Thing and, like, you know, earlier movies like that where, like, they did the the stop-motion animation or even, like, The Blob back in the 50s 
like just how the, the thing grew and you know like those special effects if we didn't have those we wouldn't be able to do half the stuff that we do today agreed yeah don't forget don't forget that with the sci-fi genre and horror you can present a crazy situation that would take a lot of time for people to really for them to be able to you know palpitate on it like for example alien we've got a a female woman badass like you put that in like a regular ass drama like in the 80s like i don't think people were gonna understand it but like when you're when you're when you're watching alien like okay we're like you the sense of disbelief just because you're going to a a sci-fi movie or a horror movie uh it's gone like you're ready you're ready to accept whatever the hell is presented to you as long as it's good and, and we've got that coming up with your movie here, man. Like, uh, so we're about to start filming. Uh, when is the anticipated release date? Like, when would you hope, at the very least, that it's out? I'm hoping by Halloween is when we're gonna have a uh, cut of it ready to go and do a premiere, at least. Cool. For Halloween, so yeah, the, it's gonna be a really quick turnaround. We're already um, getting moving on uh, the post-production for Harvest uh, trailer should be dropping in the next week right before production starts on this one. Right. Um, so, yeah, but really just need the uh, the help on the Indiegogo campaign to kind of push that forward. The more we get there, the quicker we can get post done and get it released and stuff. So, that'll that'll definitely help us out a lot. Because you guys really kicked ass on the last Kickstarter, too. Yeah, for Compatible, it was really big, and then the, the one I did for Fresh Cola did well. Um, Harvest, I raised uh, independent financing, but then back to this, we, did, we went back for uh, some crowdfunding. We've got some investments so far um, off to the side, but any any extra will just help us make it a, an even better production. So, yeah, it's it's so far so good. Just, uh, yeah, we have another week and uh, on the campaign, and... Um, have a lot of cool perks on there. We got hostage T-shirts, mugs, hats, autographed scripts. Um, one one uh, costume from the film that will be worn by Robert Lasardo is up on there. Um, so if anyone is willing to put in a little bit extra, um, right. or uh, become an executive producer on the film and really help us out, um, we'll be forever indebted to you. <laughs> Um, you know, so yeah, it's definitely, uh, coming along and, um, just really trying to push that the next week and getting everything going. Well, don't forget to invite me to the premiere, man, and I'll bring my crew. We'll, we'll make it a big deal. Uh, Sam, it's been absolutely a pleasure to make your acquaintance. You, you've been an absolute sweetheart. I'm absolutely proud to meet you. But, uh, uh, thank you as well. Thank you, sir. Gino, what, uh, send us off, man. Uh, how do we find you on the Facebooks, the Instagrams, the uh, OnlyFans, the... Yeah, <laughs> yeah just uh, not not on the uh, the OnlyFans yet. I got to maybe get into the relationship another five years. We'll see. Kind of <laughs> no, but no, we got a Facebook page for the hostage, Indiegogo page for the hostage. Um, Instagram is coming. Um once we start doing more behind-the-scenes photos, we're going to pop up on Instagram and Twitter. Um, we have our marketing team on that. So, yeah, we, we're going to be on all uh, social media. We should have a TikTok pretty soon, too. Um, so we'll, we'll be on there. But we'll, we'll keep everyone updated as new new posts um, or new pages pop up where you can find us. We'll probably have a website here right after shooting is done um, with all the behind-the-scenes footage and stuff like that. And, um, get first glimpses of, of what the movie's looking like and um, expected release dates where it's going to be released and stuff like that um, and all that good stuff. So, cool. yeah, I'll uh, have links for you in the um, the comments section or wherever you have the, the podcast or if you have a, a thing on your site, we can have the links on the the website for, for you. I'll, and, make, uh, I'll make sure it's there, man. Sam, uh, how, do we, how do we find you on the Instagram and the Only Sam's? Uh, I am on Instagram at Sam De Santos, uh, 14 um, You can find me on Twitter, Sam Delo. Um, you know, I'm around. I'm around. IMDb. Yes. Look at our IMDb. IMDb. Get that in the green. 
Get that little uh, mark in the green there. Um, <laughs> I do. I do have another film on there coming out later this year. I was a, a executive producer on called Ravening Woods, um, which will be a creature feature produced by my friend Pat Kuznati. Wonderful. Um, so keep an eye on that one. It should be pretty fun with uh, Nicole Sinaglia. Um, they shot that up in Washington right before we did Harvest. So yeah, like had my hands on a lot of stuff. So. And Sam's on IMDb too with the with the hostage and a few things. So, cool. Yeah, you can find us on there. Well, guys, it's been a pleasure. Uh, don't hang up. Want to talk a couple things before we uh, after we record. But guys, it's been a, it's been an absolute pleasure. This is minefields. This transmission is over, and this is dangerous.